some kind of disturbance. I'm gonna go check it out. We request that everybody stays calm at the current moment. Who are you people? I want a coffee! You, you, you are now to 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 Where love and life come together. Come together. From the Spacebird Media Studios, it's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Hey, we're Roxanne and Ace. This is Unlimited. And if you haven't already been wished a happy Thanksgiving, we hope that you ate lots and then ate even more than that with a big (laughs) fat nap on the backside of it. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, incredible, beautiful, great time of celebration. I hosted and I love to cook. I just love how the house smells and how great. I mean, this is your favorite holiday, right? Thanksgiving? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because think about it. I mean, to get together and all the only reason you're coming together is for cuddles and food. I mean, that's the (laughs) ultimate holiday in my mind. So, uh, yeah, both my daughters are still here for the weekend. So I've got still plenty of daddy daughter time with them. We're going to try to maybe hit up the new movie, the Hunger Games prequel, which drops this or I think it came out last weekend. So we were waiting. So we may actually go see that tomorrow. But um, in the midst of it, I'm just, you know, anytime I sit down beside them, I just, you know, nuzzle in, you know, like they're five and they let me. So, you know, enjoying that the best I can. Well, go see Flower Moon with Leo DiCaprio because they're polishing his Oscar. He's so good. You just you don't know if you're going to weep or or jump up and cheer. It's three and a half hours. I was not bored a second. And I was even in the kind of seat where you lean back and it heats, which is like guaranteed nap time. I mean, I'm out. Didn't listen. And Martin Scorsese, he's in his movies. I'm not going to tell you where he shows up. Yeah. The whole thing. I mean, Robert De Niro. Hello. He's great. But mark my words, Leo takes the Oscar. Lead actor, unbelievable performance. Yeah, there's pretty much not been anything I've not watched him in. Like, I, I just think he's a phenomenal actor and he's a believable character. Like, you forget that he's an actor. Like, you believe that's who he is. So if it was Wall Street, if it was, you know, Once Upon a Day in Hollywood, like all those, I mean, he's just great. So I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, before we go any further, want to say thanks to My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group for making each and every week of Unlimited possible. Before we get started into all the things trending and holiday-esque, did you hear the story this week of the couple that swears by the fact that their long-lasting marriage is due to the fact that they still have separate residencies? That's mortifying. Really? I'm like, why get married? That's you're just permanent dating. All you have is a piece of paper and some tax write off. <laughs> like that just blew my mind when I saw that trending this week. I was like, really? Like, don't encourage other couples to do that. Like that just opens up all kinds of cans. Well, we have a story about marriage that kind of ties into that. So that's going to be good. Well, I don't like to hear that because I think marriage is awesome and you do too. And We're proponents of marriage, so that makes me sad. Speaking of great marriages, Rosalind Carter, former first lady, not the oldest one, former first lady to ever pass away. Yeah. She was 96 years old. I've been reading a lot about her. You know, I got to interview Jimmy Carter twice, which is really kind of thrilling. You know, there's nothing like sitting in the studio and and your producer says, Mr. President is standing by. Okay, cool. Wow. Uh, But I asked him about his great love affair with her. And one of the things that's really sweet is she had a crush on him 
because of his naval uniform. She thought he was just hotter than hot in that and was trying to get his attention. And since she was a friend of his sister, he was like, but they had one date and he went home and he told his mom, that's the woman I'm going to marry. That's amazing. I just remember as a kid, because at the age that I am, Carter was like my first president, right? Like it was, I was old enough to know what a president was and, you know, and all that. And then his daughter, Amy, who, you know, I was thinking, man, can you imagine? Cause she and I are similar in age. So I was like, I can't imagine living in the white house. And I just remember every time there was a story about something reflected of Amy Carter that, you know, I was like, man, she's living in the white house. Like that just, that blew my mind as a little seven, eight year old boy, you know, it's like, wow, that's the white house. Uh, but yeah. So praying for the Carter family as uh, they mourn this loss. And, uh, definitely, uh, I think a lot of people connected with his presidency and his legacy that even he did post being in the office. I mean, he, he did a lot of stuff with negotiations that helped with hostages and all kinds of things that he's just been known for. So, um, just, you know, heavy hearts, I think for the nation as, as we mourn our first lady. Really wonderful lady, really good lady, uh, was a political partner in a time when that typically didn't happen. Mm. So kudos. A weird story I just want to briefly mention before we dive into other things. I just think it's strange. Pablo Escobar, the very famous drug lord in Colombia that was killed on a rooftop, and there's a wonderful Netflix series that is really intense based on his life. And he collected animals and he collected hippos and his hippos have gotten out of control. Ace, there are now 170 of them. Mm. They're populating Colombia. <laughs> Sorry. Cause Colombia needs to be known for their hippo population. <laughs> They're sneaking up on Pablo. This is so weird to me. And I don't know why I think it's the funniest thing. They're sneaking up on Pablo Escobar-related hippos in the night because apparently you don't want to go visit one during the day. Mm -hmm. And they go into water at night and they're slow. And they're not killing them. They're they're putting them to sleep and they're sterile. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I just I don't even know what to think of that. They're sterilizing them and they're trying to share them with people, but they're so overloaded by his hippos and it's true story. And I just think, I don't know why I find it amusing, but there, there you have it. Hey, with all the holiday stories, that's the one thing you didn't think you'd hear this Christmas. That's for sure. Really? Okay. Do denominational differences really matter? You know, many authors have delved into this relevant magazine is talking about which denomination is best. Hello, people. Mm. When we're just finger pointing yeah. and we're just getting all wound up about another pastor or another church or there, oh, well, they believe this. And we're just, it, <clears throat> that we believe that the Lord died on the cross, that God sent his son to die for us, that, we re receive eternal salvation that yeah. I just think, yes, we have differences and it's good to have differences, but to get so bogged down in that and to finger point, I think it makes Satan happy. He's doing a jig. He doesn't have to worry about us because we're sure. all fighting yeah. over 
things that ultimately don't matter much? Or am I just twisted about this? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I think there's definitely a competition among churches and denominations and ours is better. And, you know, and, you know, we run, you know, circles around you or whatever. But at the end of the day, like you said, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, those are the things that matter most. Do you have a relationship with God? Do you know that when you die, you are going to heaven? Like those certainties, those are the only things that matter. And if your church is teaching that, it will grow physically, it will grow spiritually, it will feed you in ways that you never thought possible. And I love in a day and age where we have technology that church hopping is a little easier to do if you know that the church you're going to is A, something that God's calling you to. Like, yeah, we keep hearing about this church. We think we're going to check it out. Or you can go on the websites and Facebook pages and see what are they doing in the community? What are their vision statements and mission statements and purpose statements? Are they all rooted in those those truths? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Is that what's motivating them into the community? And then it doesn't matter if you and then your the church across the street wants to get together and you're not the same denomination. Build the community for the kingdom of God. We're arguing over things that just don't matter, and I, I don't have it in me. And, and I hope that for people who sat around their Thanksgiving table this week that they didn't have those heated conversations of, you know, why aren't you going to, you know, this church, or why aren't you coming to my church? or why, I mean, let's just, just pray with people and have community with people and just see how God works. There are whole websites with people slamming my big mega church that I go to, and I think, who has the time to talk about the personal lives of members of my pastor's family yeah. and how hurtful that must be to him yeah. and how his life's been threatened? It's, ooh, it gets, you know, how do we love each other well? We may disagree. Can we agree to disagree and still love each other? But I, Can I we be respectful? Yeah, and I that that's the perfect point. If we can just agree to disagree that you you like your worship a certain way mm -hmm. or you like your building or your steeple or your whatever to, and and opinions, we said this I think even last week show is opinions a lot of times it's not that you're doing something wrong, it's that you're doing it different than what someone else would prefer. So just do it the way especially if you feel that God has called us to have a facility in a certain city or to have a mega facility or to have a little teeny tiny church. I mean, you do you. That's what I love for those that have been following the Kat Von D story of her transformation and baptism. She goes to like a 40 person little church in Indiana and she loves it. It's very traditional, not something that, you know, big rock and roll tattooed girl, you know, would be necessarily stigma with. But I love that she's found that intimacy and that peace, because at the end of the day, your faith is supposed to bring you peace. And if you're letting what other churches are doing rile you up, you're just robbing the peace right out of yourself. Oh, I couldn't agree more. You're so smart. Marriage, we mentioned that earlier, or you did, the story about people living apart and calling that a marriage. Well, researchers are showing now that 75% of adults ages 18 to 40 say making a good living is crucial to the fulfillment in life, while only 32% think marriage now is crucial to having a happy life. Only 21% say it's extremely or very important for their children to marry. Mm. What? What? 
Well, and I it's think a so lot of sad. times, yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, and especially as a guy, I know I've been guilty of this, is I have to make the most money and I have to have the big status, you know, career-wise so that I can provide for my family. And then, you know, it's, you know, wife and mother raises the kids and, you know, blah, blah. You know, I'm just there for the occasional discipline. It's not. It 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 takes both of us. You know, there's a little bit of good and bad in all of our children, because there's a little bit of good and bad in all of us, but you cannot, at the end of the day, you can't put your kids before your marriage. You cannot put your career before your marriage. And you definitely, if you're in ministry, you can't say, well, I, I'm working a lot, but it's for the Lord because that's not God honoring either. Well, and research shows you can have an unhappy job, a job that you can't stand in a good marriage and you're still happy. But if it's the other way around, Good job, very unhappy marriage, you are unhappy. So to put all the emphasis, and I mean all of the emphasis on today's young person being satisfied is on their career. Listen, we all work. I think it's like one third of our life we spend working and it's good to love what you do. But life isn't about our work. It doesn't define who we are. It's God, the people we love. Mm. Our family, our friends, ourselves. Yeah. That's what we're going to be thinking about on our deathbed. Not, oh, that job that I did when I was 20. Gosh, that was cool. Well, I really Mm. miss that. We may not even remember it. Well, and I'm sure you've had this. You know, we have friends who are at retirement age or even, you know, my parents. Like, if you ask them if they could have time back, they all say time with family, time with friends time to do the things that I love to enjoy, not to work at a job that I hated for 30 years just because I thought I had to do that. I mean, that 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 breaks my heart to think that there are people that are going into retirement age that feel like they wasted a chunk of their life. I mean, what a miserable, I mean, I I've done some fun things and I've had some hard work days and I've had some, you know, some days that are like, this doesn't feel like work at all, you know? But I'm fortunate enough to at least say I found something I love doing and any of the little side jobs, it's things I love to do. So while people go, you're a busy man. Yeah, but I'm doing things that I love and I'm making time for my family. And they're also doing the things that they love and we're supporting each other in those things. That's how you can have the happenstance, the happiness. Well, I think it's neat what my husband is doing. He's asking our adult children. We have four of them. And I have a son-in-law, so he's our fifth. Do something for me that you have to do with me. That's Mm. the gift I want. Mm. And it doesn't have to. It can be playing guitar. He's teaching one of our kids guitar. It could be taking a walk. It doesn't Mm. even have to cost. He wants experiences with kids as a gift. And it gets me choked up. I think it's a really wonderful idea. That's awesome. Should we really be texting for work? And when I found this story, this is an Ace McKay thing. (laughs) Because early on in getting to know you, I'd be like, did you get that email? You're like, "Um, did it come in after five o'clock? Like, it came in at eight and it said this and I've been up worrying about it and it's churning. And then I woke up at four and I thought about it and you're like, um, I'll get to that when I get to work and I've gone through my show prep and I've had my coffee. It took me a while to get there. I will say <laughs> I'm, I, 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 and I still feel like at times 
that practice is the only thing that keeps my sanity because with devices and and having our technology right at our fingertips, it's so easy for the boss to get you, for you to check email one more time before bed, and then you're up another 30 minutes because there's a couple of quick tasks that you could get done before bed. And it's like, come on, <laughs> you know? Like it, it, it's too much. Like th there are times like probably 90% of my apps, I have all the notifications turned off. So really the only people or only things that can get me is my family and you like, that's it. So I love that. And you know, when I text her, if I call you, the world has come to an end. Someone's yeah. on fire and it's bad tip, which is terrible. And I try not to text you, text you too much, but here's the reason why we're bringing this up. 40% of all adults now on their personal device are doing work by text. And what is happening is they don't feel like they can not 95% of the people who get a text, see it within 15 minutes and typically respond. Yeah. The reason why a lot of people won't stop work texting is because their kids, their closest people to them, they want to be available if someone texts. Yeah. So work is invading that and it's leading to a massive amount of stress for people because the boundaries of what is work and what is family and what is sacred time yeah. that is sacred is being lost to well, texting for work. I've heard horror stories of people who that if they get a text message from their boss and don't respond within 15 minutes, their boss calls them. Did you see my text? Why didn't you respond to my text? I'm like, who are you? And what in the world is going on that you need me that bad at 530 on a Friday? Like, back up. I like my job, might even love my job, but you do have limits and boundaries. I ain't yeah. married to you. And at the end of the day, I can always find another job. I don't want to have to find another wife. You know, like I, I've lost relationships over jobs and over my time mm -hmm. not being balanced properly. So I'm not saying this because. I figured it out. I figured it out because I failed at it first, you know? Yeah, me too. And the amount of stress that went into being a perfectionist, because see, I would have wanted to be the first one to respond. Yeah. Oh, I want the boss to love me. Right. Hey, mm -mm. God loves me. My husband loves me. My partner loves me. Of course. He tells me he loves me. And so, you know, life is grand and mm -hmm. I want to do a good job. But I don't. Yeah. This accessibility 24 seven. It's dangerous to people. Amen. I'll tell you who made himself available to me at crazy times because I, I can be kind of high maintenance. And that is my friend Turan Newell at Birmingham Mortgage Group. You know, mm. I, I was flipping out about our house purchase because I still owned a home with an ex. Mm. Look at the things we share on this podcast. And I thought. Is God going to let me have technically two houses? <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not wealthy. How is that going to work? And Torrent made it work. He made it work. It was like a miracle to the last second. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's fantastic. And now he can take care of you in Alabama and Florida, and he shops around to make sure that you're getting the best rate. It's just not a, well, this is what's the best for Alabama. This is what's the best for Florida. It's like, what's the best for you and your situation? He works hard. He's also very balanced with work and family, so it ties in very well to someone, by example, that you want to lean on. So if you're looking to get into that dream home for the new year, make sure you check him out. Go to BHamMortgage.com or call Turin at 205-259-1656. It's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Always excited when we get to introduce you to our new friends. Oh my goodness. So I'm making all of this food for Thanksgiving and it's been such a worshipful week. And this woman's voice, I literally chill bumps down both of my arms. She is amazing. Our guest Her career has spanned over 25 years, three number one radio hits, numerous top 10 singles. Where does she not perform? I mean, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, she's going into a prison. She's based out of Colorado. Amazing is all we can say. And the fact that God would, she would pause this week to spend time with us is a great blessing. A lot of you know her as Shannon Wexelberg. But she got married to a really cutie, <laughs> and we got to hear about it. So Shannon Aducci with her new album called Loved. Ooh, it's good stuff. We welcome you to the show. Hi there. I feel so blessed and encouraged already. Hey. Thank you for having me. When you hear it all kind of together, you're like, man, I need a nap. You know, that's a lot of stuff. I've been working. What I'm thinking, is that really me? (laughs) Just the right show. Shannon, Shannon, I have to say, as you know, reading your bio and understanding your story, I felt like I was reading my story from someone else's perspective. Because to come from a musical family, to be called into, you know, music ministry, and then to go through divorce and then feel like you are not allowed to serve him anymore. Right. Yeah. You, you don't feel worthy enough to serve, but then you also feel like everyone else would go, well, you, you can't be back on stage because you've been divorced. Yeah. And I know a lot of our audience faces that in their own ministries or just their life in general. How, how did you begin to come back from that to get out of that mindset? Yeah, that is a super good question. You know, it's it's a process. The Lord definitely brings you through and it's one you don't ever expect. <laughs> you have to walk through. Um, but there was definitely, you know, a period of time, everything kind of exploded or imploded or whatever you want to call it, like in 2015 or so ultimately. And, um, you know, at the time of my divorce, and then I went through this subsequent really horrific custody battle that was very, uh, traumatic. It was that, that year, I was just hunkered down with Jesus and my dear, dear friends and closest family that were just supporting me and upholding me and speaking truth to me. Because as you know, if you've walked through that, the enemy loves to lie to you about everything, you know, your identity, your place in the body of Christ, just who you are. Um, And so not, I mean, music aside, he likes to just attack the very core of who you are. And so that definitely was something I dealt with and had people around me who just spoke truth. And that was 
huge, just spoke truth into my heart. And so, you know, there was a period of time, like a year or so after that, that I was still just kind of trying to figure out, can I even do music? I mean, you know, it didn't even occur to me before. Right. And, you know, the, the church I had been at previously, it wasn't really a comfortable place for me to be anymore. And there was a sense of rejection, even though the divorce wasn't even my choice, there was still the sense of, mm, we don't really want you up on stage. You know, this is kind of awkward. They didn't come right out and say it, but so there was, there was the, the real sense of rejection. And then God opened this other door at a, the church where I've been serving now for about seven years. And it was such a place of healing that it was just like, oh my gosh, we've all been through stuff. You know, who are we to judge anybody's story really, you know? And so there was such a contrast going into that. So it was really, it was a process of healing. Um, And then as far as just recording and writing again, that was just a, you know, a period of time where, you know, I wasn't didn't feel like I could really create when I was really in the the crux of all the pain. But then gradually I just started to ride again. And then there were other things that happened, like my dad moving in with us with cancer that prevented me from really diving back into music. So it's a process. <laughs> that was a long answer, but yeah. yeah. So lots of healing, lots of processing some therapy, <laughs> you know, all yeah. of the above. <laughs> all, all such good things. Your music is so personal, you know, and loved. It's it's not what I do is how I'm measured. You know, for me, for a long time, it was what I do is who I yeah. am. Absolutely. And I, I love the lyrics to that because it's it's taken me this long in life to realize my identity is in him. Yeah, I really wanted a high powered, very public job. And I had that. Mm -hmm. But to think that is me. Yeah, is a twisted way to go about things. Yeah. Oh, I can so relate to that. I mean, I don't even think we always realize it. But gradually, what we do sometimes does become our identity. And so we're measuring our lives through that. But yeah, when it's all kind of stripped away, you do come face to face with like, Oh, wait, <laughs> what it's all about, you know? Yeah. And then the Lord, there's such healing in that and freedom in that when you can really just let go and go, oh, my identity is being loved by God. I mean, that is so freeing, you know? So that was part of that the process for me too, was regaining my sense of just being God's child and being loved by Jesus. I mean, that was huge. But let's be candid, though, because I, I know I went through and I think a lot of people do. And, and, and I love music. Right. So, you know, you can't yeah. not be affected by songs. You know, you're listening when you're going through the hurting, you know, you're listening to more air supply more so than maybe a worship song. <laughs> there had to have been a time when like you would hear a worship song, whether it's one you wrote or another one. They are like, I am just not in a place that I want to hear of God's goodness. Oh, for sure. And, and and talk about that for a second, because I want people to understand that it's okay to be in that headspace. God is big enough for you to be in that weird headspace because he's bringing you through that. So you do see his goodness. Talk yeah. about, talk about you in that space for a minute. Yeah. Well, especially as a worship leader, gosh, leading people every week, 
That's sometimes hard when you're going through a really crappy stage of life. <laughs> the last thing I feel like doing is coming up here and leading you people. You know? right. But um, I'm grateful that God has helped me just be really real with him and real with others. So even, especially in this new CD, but even in other things that I've written, part of what I do in my music and in my life is just kind of tell it like it is with God. So that's been a healing process for me is just to be like, God, I feel really cruddy right now. I don't see your promises coming to fruition in my life right now. I have had this team of prayer warriors praying for me and for the situation. It didn't turn around the way I wanted, you know, all these different things unfolding And then, and sometimes you don't want to just put a little bow on it and go, but God's faithful. You know, I mean, that's what we tend to do in our, in church and with our Christian friends. Well, God's good. He'll work everything together. And those are all true things and their promises, but there are lots of places in scripture. And I've seen it in my life where I have just needed to be able to lament Mm -hmm. and be in that space of sorrow or anger or just sheer honesty with the Lord. And I find that the friends that have supported me and been in that space with me, they get it. And so that has been, and still is a place that I tend to come back to with the Lord, just quoting, quoting scriptures to make myself feel better. You know, that only gets you so far, but to really just, you know, be honest in that yeah. process. That's been a big, a big thing for me. For so sure. you share that God gave you a precious spouse in Joe, an art teacher who yeah. does stained glass. Yeah. Is he just super pumped about this new album and how spectacular yeah. it turned out? Yes. He's so sweet. I mean, so supportive throughout the process and the timing of it. And, you know, came out to Nashville with me to watch me record, you know, because he'd never seen, he's never seen that process anyway, but of course he's never seen me do it. So that was fun and just, um, just incredibly supportive. And, you know, I was always telling people about my music, you know, and stuff like that. So it's really cute. <laughs> Number one fan, right? Yeah. I mean, he'll be out in the car, car pool line at school telling people, you know, oh yeah, listen to my lives. Go on Spotify and listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Because he teaches uh K through six art. Oh. He's like 580 kids every nine days. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. So that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Sh- Shannon, I wanted to ask you, especially with the new year coming up, what as a worship leader, I want you to challenge me, but I also want you to challenge others. What do you feel like either the church is missing or worship leaders could do to improve the worship experience on Sunday mornings? Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's a really loaded question. <laughs> I know, which is why I'm asking you because I I feel like I, I I feel like as worship leaders, first of all, we need community among each other, right? We need yeah. to be in, we need to be high five and encourage each other for all the planning that goes into Sunday morning, all the rehearsals that go yeah. into a, a Sunday service, and then how to create the environment 
that carries with people, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's setting people. I've always said, I want to set the heart in a place that people hear from God. Yeah. And if a song gets them ready for the message or the message connects to the song or however it needs to happen, that's, I ask God before I plan anything. But yeah. in that, what can we be doing to make sure that that experience is what people are taking away? Yeah. Oh gosh. Wow. That well, could be me, a whole hour. Let, let me simplify. What? <laughs> let, let me just ask this. What do you feel like is your challenge or goal coming up? Like if it, as a leader or as a writer, what do you feel like when it comes to worship music? Because again, Worship's a lifestyle, right? It's not just a genre of music. Yes. So how can we create a worship from Sunday to Sunday? How, how, how do you feel like you play a role in that? Yeah. I mean, for me, gosh, I've been in different seasons. Um, previous to the church where I am now, I was in a huge church and we were always doing tons of creative meetings and trying to do all these different things. And it was awesome. And we had lots of resources. I'm at more of a medium sized church now that we don't have all the maybe natural, the resources that we had financially or all that stuff. But what I found super value within my worship community and my worship team is developing community mm. and having, um, I mean, we're like, we're good friends. We're doing life together. And so you know, yes, we're learning new songs. Yes, we're, you know, doing rehearsals, we're doing all those things, but we're, we're doing life like the team that I'm going into the prison with the week after next, wow. that's our work part of our worship team. Mm -hmm. So as we dive into just like life together, and dive into these ministry opportunities, they're maybe outside the church. Mm -hmm. I find that 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 feeds our souls in a unique way to where it's not just about, okay, what are we going to do this Sunday? Or what are we going to do, you know, to make this next song really cool or vibey? Um, what can we do, you know, in order to feed our own souls so that we can overflow on Sunday? Amen. So, and then from a practical standpoint, I mean, I think just being, uh, you know, connected with your leadership in a healthy way. I mean, that's been a big thing. We can all be so busy running in so many different directions that we never stop to just communicate about, okay, what's God really saying about this Sunday? What do we really mm -hmm. want to accomplish, you know, yeah. and sit back and be able to surrender our own agendas and our own desires, but kind of be like, what's God saying? And just take the time to exhale, you know, and breathe yeah. and so I don't know if that answers. Yeah, no. It's beautiful. Connection is Jeez. so, so important. Well, her first full-length recording after a 10-year absence, we've welcomed to the show. And in Aducci, the album is called Loved. What is the best way that people who want to devour up your music like I have to connect with you? Uh, well, it depends on the way you listen to music. Um, my website is a great place um, for not only like if you'd like still listen to physical CDs or you want to download, which I know is kind of sounds woo, really old fashioned, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I also have my blog there and my events and different things you can access um, at shannonaducci music.com. 
And then my music, all my previous albums, as as well as my new album, um, is on all the streaming platforms as well. So Spotify, Faithful God, oh Faithful God, Faithful God, so all the good. others. Yeah, uh, it's so good. It's so <laughs> so good. Shannon, thanks for your time Thank and your you. encouragement. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'd be glad to chat anytime. You know, the Bible can be truly challenging. That's one thing about finding a church that. I really think a Bible-based church, if you go to church and you hear nothing about the word, mm. what are you doing? Let's dive into something that's difficult. You know, we're, we're told to rejoice in trials. Yeah. And that's a tough nut to crack. Maybe not for you, but I, I look at that and think, okay, I'm going to rejoice in, in suffering. What is that all about? Well, God acknowledges and understands the trials. And what we need to remember is it is always darkest before the dawn. Joy comes in the morning. And those trials are what strengthens us. You know, I've, I've had the same female doctor for 30 years. She's been through a lot with me. Mm-hmm. And the first thing she says said today, as a matter of fact, was, I just, I'm so thankful that Wayne is still alive. My husband had two cancers simultaneously that were very serious. <laughs> yeah. And I said, yeah, it puts everything into perspective. It's made our marriage better. Mm-hmm. It's made our life better. And there's a famous news anchor here in Birmingham named Brenda Ledun, who's like, the cat's meow. Okay. She's, yeah. She's just... <laughs> You hear her speak and she's like, my breast cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'd be like, oh, really? Are you that good? And I wasn't mean, but it was sort of like, okay, I get it now. Because it puts everything into perspective. And that's why I guess this scripture at this time of life makes more sense to me. Because when you go through that and you live, you just rejoice that you have another day. You rejoice that your loved one is alive. You rejoice that God was with you in it. Yeah. And I I was actually, as I was, you know, kind of contemplating over this, one of the things that hit me, and and I say it because I think I'm guilty of it, but I think a lot of us are guilty of this, of the scriptures that we lean on, like ones that you just spoke a lot of times we hear them so repetitively that it was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord is my strength. I shall not want, you know, like, <laughs> you know, but it, it's, it's not the song that's stuck in your head because it's the earworm. It's the verses that you've known from the beginning of your faith so that when you are facing those trials that you can go so that, cause again, this is me calling me out, right? That I can say, okay, God, I know that I'm dealing with this and you're not rocked. I'm to seek first the kingdom of God. And that's a verse I've heard my whole life. Probably didn't really understand it much until like, you know, seven, eight years ago. But if he's not rocked by the circumstances, the cancers, the trials, the double cancers, the hair falling out, the losing (laughs) jobs, the whatever it is, you know, if he's not rocked by it, he's like, I, this, I've, I've been planning for this day. I've been waiting for you to have a discussion with me, you know, and to me, that's the part, go back to the verses that you have heard a million times that we're supposed to use to draw strength from, because we're about to enter into another year. And if 23 was terrible and you're looking for a better, mm-hmm. you know, year ahead, lean on his word, lean into those words and go, okay, God, 
if you're not rocked by what's happened to me for the last 12 months, then I'm ready for whatever the next 12 brings because you've had me this far and I don't know how I made it through, but you, you know, and I think I even heard, I've heard this and some people joke about it. It's like, you know, he gives the hardest battles to the best soldiers, you know, and people are like, well, I didn't enlist, you know, that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> and, and we can joke about it, but again, you have to hold on to your sense of humor when you're facing them because it reminds you of the joy that you're supposed to have of that man. I, hate what I'm going through, but I cannot wait to see what God is bringing to me on the other side of this. That's good. And we have Ooh, to hold on good. to that. That That's why I'm such a hopeaholic. Like we could be face things go, okay, <laughs> one more thing, but it's like, <laughs> God, just, just do your thing. Just show out because I can't, I cannot do it without you. Trust that he is faithful. And I always think of what has he brought me through in the past? And it's a lot. And sometimes we forget in the good times. We're like, oh, this is sweet. Everything's good. Yeah. I'm so And we forget but let about me ask things you, he's already done. I'm going to ask you because we're okay. candid, right? We love each All other. Right? Yes. Every time you put a wig on, are you not reminded by how awesome he is at taking care of you? I mean, I, I, I would think that that would be your daily reminder. And for those that want the full story, go back to episode one. I'll just tell you right now, pause this, go back, catch up. It is the prequel, but it's so amazing. Cause I've walked some of that stuff with you and to see how God is taking care of you and how bold you've been at just like whipping that wig off. And this is me and woohoo. And you know, and I, I, I don't think I've, I don't think I could ever look at you and not be like, if he can do the things he's done for Roxanne, he's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of this situation. That situation is going to open that door. Like that's freedom in Christ, right? Amen. I'm so thankful. He's used it for ministry, you know, especially on TikTok, you know, yeah. women around the world. I think that's the disease I have. Yeah. You know, can you imagine you're scrolling through TikTok or you see this program on YouTube and and you say, wow, that woman is bald on top and the sides. Yeah. Maybe that's what I have. And it's rare what I have. It's a form of alopecia, but what I have is rare because I still got some in the back. It looks cray. <laughs> but here, but God, you know, and God could still heal it. He's a miracle worker. He parts the yeah. seas. I'm willing to accept that. But I have a big time with my wigs. I mean, hello, I have purple hair. And one thing that's fun is how many people talk to me about my hair. I've met so many wonderful people, mm -hmm. you know, that want to talk to me about being my age and wearing something that's purple in public. It's just fun. And I've gone now. I was terrified and very upset to lose yeah. my long blonde hair. Right. But what I've realized is you're not your hair. And I had many people say, wow, the freedom. Yeah. You just plop it on and go. So it's really good. If you're going to be traveling over the holidays, I had no idea. So I learned something new every day. An mm. FBI agent is sharing what is the safest room in the hotel. And I thought, I, I thought, well, okay, the safest place to sit on a plate. Where It is from the third to the sixth floors mm. of a hotel. I wouldn't have known to, because if you're lower, an invasion is you're the first ones they zap. Right. If you're 20 floors up, it's harder for you to get out. Yeah. So 
this FBI agent, he's really cool, by the way, beautiful blonde lady, 44, mm-hmm. you know, packing heat, just really cool, smart, has written a lot of things. And she demands to stay between the third and the sixth floors. Yeah. Also, her eight-year-old daughter has a tracker on her body. Wow. You know, I was like, uh, tracking. Mm, I don't think I'm a, but we got the Apple air tags and lovely United. I so enjoyed them, but the bags, um, I'm in Birmingham looking at my bags sitting at O'Hare airport in Chicago for days, <laughs> but <laughs> I could tell where they were, which yeah. made me so happy. Yeah. Well, and this article challenged me because when I book hotels, I don't even really think about what floor I'm on. If anything, I'm thinking the higher up, the better skyline shot or maybe a really, you know, if you've got the window in the on the right on the proper side, you're either going to watch the sunrise or the sunset. You know, like that's that's where my head goes. But now I'm going to rethink that and go, hey, is there any chance you have rooms on the third floor? Like. It's it's a good way to protect our families, you know, and things that you can do also in the rooms to make sure that you're safe, too, which I love that she points out. So um, I'm changing my travel plans. Well, and, you know, my dorm at Indiana State University was on the 10th floor and a fire broke out on the third. Guess who wasn't getting up too quick? Mm, yeah. Anybody above the third. Yeah. Yeah. And that was scary. I'm like, oh, I'm smelling smoke. Hello. When are we when right. are we gonna get out? Yeah. All right. The last thing I thought you'd think this is so cool, person of many tattoos. My partner Ace. Yes. Permanent jewelry is all the rage now, where it ain't coming off because it is glued, it is welded to your skin. I mean, it is on there. And people are like, what happens at the airport? Well. Doesn't bother the airport. What happens is surgery. You have to have it cut off. But this is the new rage. So what do you think? Would you get gold or diamonds and jewelry embedded, kind Uh, of welded into your skin? So with the exception of this week, normally I've got all of my fingers with some kind of ring on. But that's about the most jewelry that I have. I mean, it. uh, this trend is not, I think this is the next generation I'll really know, I'll just stay with my ink and that'll be my showy, you know, permanent anything. <laughs> but but I think that's the thing. I, I think if this had been a thing when I was starting tattoos, I probably would have found at least one or two of them. But I don't know this. I, I, I don't if it's like raised in the skin or if it's embedded into the skin. I'm not sure which and how that works. It's like they call it welded to where no. it's. Yeah, I don't think they do a laser that is welded and you have to wear safety goggles when they're welding the brace. It's bracelets that are really popular into your skin. But I'm thinking I think all kinds of weird things like what if it's too high or too low? What if it's what if I scratch myself with it? Well, yeah, you get it caught like, you know, pulling something out from under the (laughs) bed or the dresser and then it rips (laughs) off and then you're gushing blood. I mean, who wants that? (laughs) You know, like the and, and the thing is, too, for tattoos, it's just not in the art of it. It's also very the smell of a tattoo parlor is so intoxicating that I I want to get tattoos on a regular basis just to smell it. Like I need a candle that smells like a tattoo parlor. What do they smell like? It's, it, it is so unique, like because everything is sterilized, right? They They clean it down between every client. 
but then you mix that chemical smell with the ink. And then sometimes some places you go to, they burn incense. So there's a lot of extra stuff that's going on. So, you know, maybe, you know, there's a little bit of going on somewhere too. It's not a burning flesh. I I immediately, as a former news reporter who went to a lot of fires, was like, A burning flesh smell is not attractive. Let me just sure. tell you. And that's the first thing I thought was, oh, okay. Yeah. My buddy Ace is into a burning flesh smell. I'm not into burning oh. flesh. Not into burning flesh. I burned my flesh with some bacon once. It was not a happy camper. <laughs> I was not ready for that again. Well, as we wrap up, we must mention it is holiday giving season. And for yes. some people, it is hard to give them anything because if they want something, they buy it. So when you send them literally the gospel of Jesus with my brother's cup, the Roxanne blend of coffee, it sends missionaries around the world. It's a very Christmassy, I think, smell and taste. It's wonderful, this blend. And when you give it, you're you're just proclaiming the gospel. I think it's fabulous. Ace likes it too. Go to mybrotherscup.com, click on the Roxanne blend, and it'll be a gift you just love. In fact, you won't want to give it to someone else's sake. You want to keep it. That's true. Order one for you and one for them. (laughs) And do it now because holidays and, you know, all the FedEx will start to go crazy in the next couple of weeks. Have a great weekend. And definitely as uh, you enjoy, whether it's My Brother's Cup or you call Birmingham Mortgage Group, we thank them for sponsoring the show. Roxanne, I love you. I love you. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at RoxanneandAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.